Chapter 14 Norbert the Norwegian Reachback Hermione, the exams are ages away. Ten weeks, Hermione snapped. That's not ages, that's like a second to Nicholas Flamel. But we are not 600 years old, Ron reminded her. Anyway, what are you revising for? You already know it all. What am I revising for? Are you mad? You realize we need to pass these exams to get into the second year. They're very important. I should have started studying a month ago. I don't know what's got into me. Unfortunately, the teachers seem to be thinking along the same lines as Hermione. They piled so much homework on them that the Easter holidays were nearly as much as fun as the Christmas ones. It was hard to relax with Hermione next to you reciting the 12 uses of dragon's blood or practicing band movements. Morning and yawning, Harry and Ron spent most of their free time in the library with her, trying to get through all their extra work. I'll never remember this, Ron burst out one afternoon, drawing this quill and looking longingly out of the library window. It was the first really fine day they'd had in months. The sky was clear, forget-me-not blue, and there was a feeling in the air of summer coming. Harry, who was looking up, detailing in one thousand magical herbs and fungi, didn't look up until he heard Ron say, Hagrid, what are you doing in the library? Hagrid shuffled into view, hiding something behind his back. He looked very out of place in his molesken overcoat. Just looking, he said, in a shifty voice that got their interest at once. And uh, what are you lot up there? He looked suddenly suspicious. You're not still looking for Nicholas Falmer, are you? Oh, we found out who is who he is ages ago, said Ron impressively. And we know what the dog's guarding. It's a philosopher's... Shh! Hagrid looked around quickly to see if anyone was listening. Don't go shouting about it. What's the matter with you? There are a few things we wanted to ask you, as a matter of fact, said Harry, about what's guarding the stone apart from Fluffy. Shh, said Hagrid again. Listen, come and see me later. I'm not promising, I'll tell you anything. Mind, but don't go rabbiting about in there. Students aren't supposed to know. They'll think I've told you. See you later then, said Harry. Hagrid shuffled off. What was he hiding his bag? said Hermione thoughtfully. Do you think it had anything to do with the stone? I'm going to see what section he was in, said Ron, who had had enough of working. He came back a minute later with a pile of books in his arms and slammed them down on the table. Dragons, he whispered. Hagrid was looking up stuff about dragons. Look at these. Dragon species of Great Britain and Ireland. From Egg to Inferno, a dragon keeper's guide. Hagrid's always wanted a dragon. He told me so the first time I've ever met him, said Harry. But it's against our laws, said Ron. Dragon breeding was outlawed by the Warlocks Convention of 1709. Everyone knows that. It's hard to stop muggles noticing us if we're keeping dragons in the back garden. Anyway, you can't tame dragons, it's dangerous. You should see the burns Charlie Scott of wild ones in Romania. 
But there aren't wild dragons in Britain, said Terry. Of course there are, said Ron. Common Welsh green and hybrid blacks. The Ministry of Magic has a job hushing them up. I can tell you, our lot have to keep them putting spells on muggles who have spotted them to make them forget. So what's on earth Hagrid up to, said Hermione. When they knocked on the door of the gameskeeper hut, an hour later, they were surprised to see that all the curtains were closed. Hagrid called. Who is it? Before he let them in and then shut the door quickly behind them. It was stiffingly hot inside. Even though it was such a warm day, there was a blazing fire in the grate. Hagrid made them a tea and offered them stowed sandwiches, which they refused. So, you wanted to ask me something? Yes, said Harry. There was no point beating about the bush. We were wondering if you could tell us what's guarding the Philosopher's Stone apart from Fluffy. Hagrid frowned at him. Of course I can't, he said. Number one, I don't know myself. Number two, you know too much already. So I wouldn't tell you if I could. That stone's here for a good reason. It was almost stolen out of Gringotts. I suppose you've worked that out on all. Beats me how you even know about Fluffy. Oh, come on, Hagrid. You might not want to tell us, but you do know. You know everything about that goes around on here, said Hermione. In a warm, flattering voice. Hagrid's beard twitched and they could tell he was smiling. We only wondered who had done the guarding. Really, Hermione went on. We wondered who Dumbledore had trusted enough to help him apart from you. Hagrid's chest swelled at these last words. Harry and Ron beamed at Hermione. Well, I don't suppose it could hurt to tell you that. Let's see. He borrowed Fluffy for me. Then some of the teachers did enchantments. Professor Sprout, Professor Flitwick, Professor McGonagall. He faked them off on his fingers. Professor Quirrell and Dumbledore himself did something. Oh, of course. Hang on, I forgot someone. Oh yeah, Professor Snape. Snape? Yeah, you're not still about that, aren't you? Look, Snape helped protect the stone. He's not about to steal it. Harry knew Ron and Hermione were thinking the same as he was. If Snape had been you know, protecting the stone, it must have been easy to find out how the other teachers had guarded it. He probably knew everything except, it seemed, Quirrell's spell and how to get past Fluffy. You're the only one who knows how to get past Fluffy, aren't you, Hagrid? said Harry anxiously. And you wouldn't tell anyone, would you? Not even one of the teachers. Not a soul knows except me and Dumbledore, said Hagrid proudly. Well, that's something, Harry muttered to the others. Hagrid, can we have a window open? I'm boiling. Can't, Harry. Sorry, said Hagrid. Harry noticed him glance at the fire. Harry looked at it too. Hagrid, what's that? But he already knew what it was. In the very heart of the fire underneath the kettle was a huge black egg. Ah, said Hagrid, fiddling nervously with his head, bird. That's, uh... Where did you get it, Hagrid, said Ron, crouching over the fire to get a closer look at the egg. It must have cost you a fortune. Won it, 
that Hagrid last night. I was down in the village having a few drinks on, got into some game on cards with a stranger. I think he was glad, quite glad that he got rid of it, to be honest. But what are you going to do with, with it when it's hatched, said Hermione. Well, I've been doing some reading, said Hagrid, pulling a large book from under his pillow. Got this out of the library. Dragon breeding for pleasure and profit. It's a bit out of date, of course, but it's all in here. Keep the egg in fire, cause their mother's breath on them, see, and when it's hatched, feed it on a bucket brandy mixed with chicken blood every half hour. And see here how to recognize different eggs? What I got, there's a Norwegian Ridgeback. They're rare then. He looked very pleased with himself, but Hermione didn't. Hagrid, we live in a wooden house, she said, but Hagrid wasn't listening. He was humming merrily as he stoked the fire. So now they had something else to worry about. What might happen to Hagrid if anyone found out he was hiding an illegal dragon in his hut? Wonder what it's like to have a peaceful life, Ron cited. As evening after evening, they struggled through all the extra homework they were getting. Hermione had now started making revisions timetables for Harry and Ron too. It was driving them mad. Then one breakfast time, Hedwig brought Harry another note from Hagrid. Hedwig brought another note from Hagrid. He had written only two words. It's hatching. Ron wanted to skip her biology and go straight down to the hut. Hermione wouldn't hear of it. Hermione, how many times in our lives are we going to see a dragon hatching? We have got lessons, we'll get into trouble, and that's, and that's nothing to what Hagrid's going to be in when someone's find out what he's doing. Shut up, Harry whispered. Malfoy was only a few feet away, and he had stopped dead to listen. How much had he heard? Harry didn't like the look on Malfoy's face at all. Ron and Hermione argued all the way to Herbology, and in the end, Hermione agreed to run down to Hagrid's with the other two during morning break. When the bell sounded from the castle at the end of their lesson, the three of them dropped their towel towels at once and hurried to the grounds to the edge of the forest. Hagrid greeted them looking flushed and excited. It's nearly out, he ushered them inside. Bag was lying on the table. There were deep cracks in it. Something was moving inside. A funny clicking noise was coming from it. They all drew the chairs up to the table and watched with bated breath. All at once there was a scrapping noise and the eggs split open. The baby dragon flopped on the table. It, it wasn't exactly pretty. Harry thought it was like a crumpled black umbrella. Spinny wings were huge compared to its skinny jet body and had long snout with wide nostrils, stubs of horns and bulging orange eyes. It sneezed. A couple of weeks, a couple of sparks flew out of its snout. Isn't he beautiful? Hagrid murmured. He reached out a hand to stroke the dragon's head. It snapped at his fingers, showing pointed fangs. Bless him. Look, he knows his mummy, said Hagrid. Hagrid said to Hermione. How fast do Norwegian witchbacks grow exactly? Hagrid was about to answer when the color suddenly drained from his face. He leaped to his feet and ran to the window. 
What's the matter? Someone was looking through the gap in the curtains. It's, it's a kid. He's running back to their school. Harry bolted the door and looked out. Even at the distance, distance there was a no mistaking him. Malfoy had seen the dragon. Something about the smile lurking on Malfoy's face during the next week made Harry, Ron and Hermione very nervous. They spent most of their free time in Hagrid's darknet hut, trying to reason with him. Just let him go, Harry urged. Set him free. I can't, said Hagrid. He's too little. He'd die. They looked at the dragon. It had grown three times in the length in just a week. Smoke kept furling out of its nostrils. Hagrid hadn't been doing his gamekeeping duties because the dragon was keeping him so busy. There were empty brandy bottles and chicken feathers all over the floor. I've decided to call him Norbert, said Hagrid, looking at the dragon with misty eyes. He really knows me now. Watch, Norbert, Norbert, where's mommy? He's lost his marbles, Ron muttered in Harry's ear. Hagrid said Harry loudly, give it a fortnight and Norbert's going to be as long as your house. Malfoy could go to Dumbledore at any moment. Hagrid bit his lip. I, I know I can't keep him forever, but I can just dump him. I can't just dump him. I can't. Harry suddenly turned to Ron. Charlie, he said. You're losing it too, said Ron. I'm Ron, remember? No. Charlie, your brother Charlie, in Romania, studying dragons. We could send him Norbert to him. Charlie can take care of him and then put him back in the wild. Brilliant, said Ron. How about it, Hagrid? And in the end, Hagrid agreed that they could send an owl to Charlie to ask him. The following week dragged by. Wednesday night found Hermione and Harry sitting alone in the common room long after everyone else had gone to bed. The clock on the wall had just chimed midnight. Then the portrait hall burst open. Ron appeared out of nowhere as he pulled off Harry's invisible lithic cloak. He had been down at Hagrid's hut, helping him feed Norbert, who was now eating dead rats by the crate. It bit me, he said, showing them his hand, which was wrapped in a bloody handkerchief. I'm not going to be able to hold a quill for a week. I tell you, the dragon's the most horrible animal I've ever met. But the way Hagrid goes on about it, you'd think it, it was a fluffy little bunny rabbit. When he beat me, he told me off for frightening it. And when I left, he was singing it a lullaby. There was a tap on the dark window. It's Hedwig, said Harry, hurrying to let her in. She'll have Charlie's answer. The three of them put their heads together and read the note. Dear Ron, how are you? Thanks for the letter. I'd, I'd be glad to take the Norwegian reach back, but it won't be easy getting him here. I think the best thing will be to send him over with some friends of mine who are coming to visit me next week. Trouble is, they mustn't be seen carrying an illegal dragon. Could you get the rich bag up to the tallest tower at midnight on Saturday? They can meet you there and take him away while it's still dark. Send me an answer as soon as possible. Love, Charlie. They looked at each other. We've got the invisible cloak, said Harry. It shouldn't be too difficult.
I think the cloaks big enough to cover two of us and Norbert. It was a mark of how bad the last week had been that the other two agreed with him. Anything to get rid of Norbert and Malfoy. Bye bye Norbert, Harry soaped as Harry and Hermione covered the crate with the invisibility cloak and stepped underneath it themselves. Mommy will never forget you. How they managed to get the crate back up to the castle they never knew. Midnight picked nearer as they have Norbert heaved Norbert up to the marble staircase in the entrance hall and along the dark corridors. Up another staircase, then another. Even one of the Harry's shortcuts didn't make the work much easier. Nearly there, Harry panted as they reached the corridor beneath the tallest tower. Then a sudden movement ahead of them made them almost drop the crate, forgetting that they were already invisible. They shrank into the shadows, staring at dark outlines of two people grappling with each other, then feet ten feet away. A lamp flared. Professor McGonagall in a tartan dressing gown and a hairnet at Malfoy by the ear. The tension, she shouted, and twenty points from Slytherin, wandering around in the middle of the night. How dare you! You don't understand, Professor. Harry Potter's coming. He's got a dragon. What utter rubbish. How dare you tell such lies. Come on, I shall see Professor Snape about you, Malfoy. The steep spiral staircase up to the top of the tower seemed the easiest thing in the world after that. Not until they'd stepped out into the cold night air did they throw off the cloak. Glad to be able to breathe properly again. Hermione did a sort of jig. Malfoy's got detention. I could sing. Don't, Harry advised her. Chuckling about Malfoy, they waited. Norbert thrashing about in his crate. About ten minutes later, four broomsticks came swooping down out of the darkness. Charlie's friends were a cheery lot. They showed Harry and Hermione the harness they'd rigged up so they could suspend Norbert between them. They all helped buckle Norbert safely into it and then Harry and Romani shook hands with the others and thanked them very much. At last Norbert was going, going, gone. They slipped, they slipped back down the spiral staircase, their hearts at light, as light as their hands now that Norbert was off them. No more dragon, Malfoy in detention, what could spoil their happiness? The answer to that was waiting at the foot of the stairs. As they stepped into the corridor, Filch's face loomed suddenly out of the darkness. Well, 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 he whispered. We are in trouble. They'd left the invisible cloak on the top of the tower.